This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks. FM 96, 1 a.m. 1170. The answer. Okay, I got a trivia question for you. What show is this? I know. Oh, you're not supposed to look. Oh, I can't look. 178 shows we've done. Is it really? Can you believe that? That's amazing. Actually, I think it's 179. I didn't update that page. It's 179. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell Lance. Hey, our second hour sponsor is Cali Key. And I'll tell you what, Cali Key is a great friend of ours. You can drop in a Cali Key in any AR-15 or 10, and it will instantly make your California, it'll make it California compliant. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. U.S. Law Shield. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, unfortunately. The justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend your t- you 24-7, 365 days a year with the co- comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. This segment is brought to you by the San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to www.sdcgo.org. You really need to join today. Ten bucks is all you need, and you will be able to help us fight back our rights to keep our Second Amendment alive and well. With that being said, Joe Jermisi is with us today. The blogger. What do you got for us today, son? Okay. Uh, well, I'll talk about uh, something we talked about a little bit last week. There was, uh, you remember the church shooting that happened about a mm-hmm. week ago in uh, White Settlement, Texas. And um, I wrote about it this uh, this morning, actually. It's uh, You can find that on our uh, website, sdcgo.org, or our Facebook page, actually. It's posted up there as well. And um, just writing about the uh, the church shooting, the uh, legally armed citizen, which is a bit was a big part of this, and then the media bias, which is again another predictable big part of this. And uh, if you remember, most people probably have seen this. It was all over the uh, the news, all over the internet. Uh, there was actual video of the incident of the person that um, pulled the gun out of the two people he shot, and then of the armed citizen that that ended it. And um, you know, it got some. It got coverage. It's interesting because uh, it was covered a lot for a day or two, and then it disappeared. And you know, it's not the typical thing that that our media, unfortunately, covers and plays up a lot. And and the reason it's not is because the um, it was ended by a legally armed citizen, and it was ended in six seconds. And even in six seconds, there were still two fatalities. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to, you know, imagine how bad it could have been had they, you know, had to wait for a police response. Ten minutes. Yeah, even a fast police response, even if it was four or five minutes. Um, you know, you lost two people in six seconds. And, um, you know, I think the, the reason the media was forced to actually cover it is because this video of the entire incident um, was available and it was all over the Internet. And the only reason the, the video was available is because they were live streaming the service at the time it happened. 
And um, oh, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, when you see the response here, like uh, some of the first um, articles, because the media and the, the anti-gun people have this, or they, they promote this idea that somehow you have to be trained law enforcement or or some kind of trained professional to efficiently and safely, you know, handle a firearm that, that for some reason that ability is beyond the, uh, beyond the, uh, grasp, I guess, of the average citizen. And, um, that was the pivot. The pivot was, Oh, this wasn't just some average citizen that he, he had a law enforcement background well, and, Oh, he was a superhero. Yeah. And that's what they started at. Initially, the first reports, they, they said he was retired FBI, which turned out to be incorrect. And, um, <laughs> I know at least Fox corrected that. I don't know if the others did, but uh, that was not the case. And then they said, well, he's he's a former law enforcement. And yes, he is technically, but he was a reserve uh, deputy sheriff from 1980, I think, to 1986. <laughs> so probably that experience didn't have much to do with what he was able to do on, on that Sunday. And, um, you know, finally they fell back on, well, he was the trained uh, head of security at the church. And, you know, and that part's true. He was head of the security team there and uh, apparently was a firearms instructor like many of us are. And, um, you know, the, the idea here is that what, what Jack Wilson was uh, primarily was a legally armed citizen who took that responsibility seriously enough to be able to develop or, you know, to take it upon himself to develop the skills and the tools to be able to step up and do what he did in that church. Well, and you know the other thing that, that that caught my eye is how many people stood up with guns? Three, four? You think it was more than that, but yeah, some yeah six, seven, six, eight, something like ones. that. Yeah. Now, you would think if they were irresponsible or gun fanatics, then all of them would have shot at once and turned this guy into Swiss cheese. Well, I'm glad you you brought that up because there was a, uh, a writer at USA Today that wrote an article uh, saying it was terrifying to see that many armed people in a church. <laughs> and, uh, and she had to acknowledge Wilson, you know, being the hero and everything and doing what he did. Okay. It was okay for him, but she said it was terrifying seeing the other five or six people who rushed to back up Wilson when that happened. But terrifying to who? Well, you, the law-abiding citizen, or the crook that's about ready to fire? It was terrifying to her political narrative. Is what ah, it was terrifying. That's what we're talking and, about. And I was, you know, and I point out in the article that that's exactly the kind of ignorance that that mm-hmm. we as gun owners need to stand up to and and need to and bring it to and bring it up. Yeah, because there was there was nothing you know there. I mean, there's no magical. Uh, power that goes with being a law enforcement officer or anything no. like that. And, I, you know, and I support the heck out of law enforcement. And but, you know, it's just some of them shoot well, some of them don't shoot well. So a lot of them, which was surprising to me, something I found out, you know, in the last couple of years, a lot of them view that gun as just another tool on their belt. They shoot it when they have to qualify right. twice or four times a year, depending on their agency. Mm-hmm. And they really don't do much else with it. And, you know, there are many people that I shoot with in matches every Saturday that would make that shot all day long. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's not that they're law enforcement. It's just that they put the time in and the effort in and they train and they can do that, just like Jack Wilson was able to do. Well, and you could tell Jack had trained his parishioners. Yeah. Because he was lead. You know, he was a lead man in that group. It looked to me like, and everybody kind of knew how, but six seconds, I mean... 
Yeah, and they were fortunate because the the person, the shooter was actually, he was dressed oddly. He was behaving oddly. He apparently was a problem a little bit earlier. So they were aware of him. Right. Um, You know, it's unfortunate that that when it happened that there was loss of life at all. But, I mean, you know, six, you really can't argue with a six-second response time. and. You could see, um, you know, I don't want to get into too much of it with the video and everything, but if you watch the video, you'll see one of the first people that did get shot was apparently one of the security people as well and just kind of fumbled the draw and wasn't able to to get out of the way or to get his gun out in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that stuff happens very, very quickly. And yeah, because your adrenaline's pumping. Both but I bet it, you Jack doesn't know what the preacher was saying when he pulled out his gun. What do you want to bet? Well, I, <laughs> I think you're right. But both those guys, um, you know, were standing – both the victims were standing up. Both of them were part of the uh, – you know, we're volunteers for the church, a guy named Tony Wallace and another guy named Richard White. And both those guys are absolute heroes. Oh, without a shadow. Because they doubt. stood up and said, hey, look, we're, we're standing up. We're, if, if you're going to do something wrong in this church, uh, it's going to be us first. And, and you got to go through us first. And both those guys uh, lost their life, uh, you know, protecting 250 plus people. And, Unbelievable. And that's why it gets back to, you know, these things are. You know, unfortunately, they happen in our society and in our our culture. And um, there's been um, official church shootings, I guess. uh, I think they said there have been 13 since 2015 in the country. And, um, you know, really, the the short term answer to this is legally armed citizens. And you ultimately have responsibility Mm -hmm. for protecting yourself. It's, you know, the police can't be there all the time. They can't protect you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these citizens stood up and people like Jack Wilson uh, and the rest of the legally armed citizens all around the country make our community safer. They make our country safer. And people need to stand up. And, you know, if you're willing to accept that responsibility, get your concealed carry. Stand carry up. whenever and wherever it's it's uh, legal for and wherever train, you're at. train, train, train. And train, train, train. train. Take the time to do that. it didn't go bad? Just think if it would have went the wrong way. Oh, it is truly. And, you know, the other side likes to say that, you know, well, gee, two people, two people died here, plus the victim. That's a third person. You know, carrying concealed um, isn't going to stop bad people from doing bad things, no. but it will stop a shooting uh, from turning into a mass mass murder. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened here. So, you know, get a gun legally. That's right. Pay for training. Get your CCW. Carry everywhere you, le- you legally can. Without a doubt. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Excellent article, Joe. Yeah, very good. When we get back, more on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. So what's the solution? Cali Key. Converts any mill spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight full bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford. That's Cali Key, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y dot com. Well, it doesn't look like we have anybody calling in. Really? I got a, how about some music trivia real quick? Sure. So this band that's playing, 
It's called The Strokes. Yeah. Their first album came out July 2001, I believe. It was a few months before 9-11. And one of the songs was uh, called New York City Cops Ain't So Smart. And then 9-11 happened, and that song disappeared. They re-released the album, no. taking, oh, really? that, uh, taking that song off. I bet if anybody can find that song, it's Brendan. <laughs> he will find that song. I mean, you know, it, they were like this kind of resurgence of a punk band, and, yeah. and it was popular to, you know, trash cops, especially well, in Brendan's New York. Brendan's in there rocking, so he must like it. He's band. probably... A, the Strokes a good band, but it, then... It does it, impress it, me, though, that you didn't know that, so I, I'm thank impressed. You, thank you, Thank you. Are you are you looking for the song now? Yeah, I'll look for the song. Yeah, right I had now. a funny feeling you would. Yeah, so 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 it looks like so yeah, San Bernardino. Uh, we had a really good time. Actually, uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun in the next segment when we when we try to or in a couple segments here when we try to stump my nephew because the question is coming from a guy who wrote a book called The Historical Significance of the First Successful Colt Experiment, the Colt Patterson Revolver. So he sent me a guy walking around. He said, hey, here's a book I wrote. He said, would you be interested in it? And I got I had a conversation with this guy and he wrote this amazing book about a revolver that Colt uh, developed. I bought the book. Um, hopefully, gosh, I hope he's not listening. If you're listening, turn off the radio there, Sam, because I'm going to send you a book as a present, and I, oh, I want it to be a surprise. So, <laughs> well, now that didn't work. Well, he's, he's he's not on the air yet. But we had a great conversation, and it just was a reminder of how great these gun shows are, you know, and how social they are. Oh yeah, you would you would have never run into this guy otherwise. I never would have run into him. Great conversation, learned a lot. I, I didn't really know much at all about the Patterson by Colt, but uh, it was really amazing. Did you know about that, Joe? No, I did not. And uh, there's a lot of good, fun books out there, though, you know, that are related to this kind of stuff. Um, I know I want to mention, uh, well, in a couple of weeks anyway, right up just a kind of a book list, a quick book list for concealed carry type people, because there's just so much out there to learn and so so many interesting things. And um, and I try to mix it up. I read quite a bit, but uh, I'll try to have a gun book going. Okay, so I have a deal for you. What okay, you need okay. to do, find a book that you like. Uh-huh. Reach out to the author, have them send you the book free, read the book, and then interview him on in your segment. Oh, there we go. Okay, let me write that. You know how many car books I have? (laughs) I got so many car books, I can't even freaking see straight. But... They love the the authors love it. They nobody ever gives them publicity other than you know word of mouth. So that's what I and it's your segment to do what you like. You got to talk to the boss. Yeah, and I should do that too because a lot actually like in once our, a month. What's well, what is your favorite gun book? I don't know if I have a favorite, uh, but I mean I've, I've read a number of them by Ayub uh, by Tom yeah. Givens. The one I'm reading now I was just looking at is uh, America Guns and Freedom by actually an MD and this this guy was interesting because he was. Um, he was a doctor, and he was um, he was a neurosurgeon, and he was leading the um, the Georgia Journal of Medicine, I think. There, he was editing that, and it was back in the '90s when the uh, CDC decided they were going to uh, initiate um, looking into domestic violence. And uh, he thought, "Great, I'd love to get into that, and you know, start to find out, you know, some of the causes, see what we could do with domestic violence." Part of that was gun control because gun violence, they wrapped into it. And yeah. what he learned was it was a politically motivated, yep. result-oriented thing. So they already had the preconceived results, and they were looking for research to support their gun control results. And as a result of what he learned, he turned into a, um, I guess, a Second Amendment advocate, and he exposed a lot of this stuff. It cost him his job there. 
Um, but uh, it's a fascinating book, and he talks about the media bias. What's the, the book called bias. again? It's called. Um, <laughs> I just put you on the it's spot. Called, it's called America, Guns, and Freedom, okay. and the um, the author is um, is Miguel Faria, who uh, immigrated here with his family. He immigrated here as a child with his family from Cuba, where they were running from Castro and escaping the communism. And uh, he came here and uh, grew up, went to school, became a neurosurgeon. And um, now he's, uh, you know, an author and does a lot of other uh, Second Amendment kind of stuff. But it's very interesting. That's so he basically uh, it sounded like he was totally neutral as far. He wasn't a gun guy or anything like he that. He was. And what what disturbed him he the was most, or wasn't a gun guy. He, he was, was not a gun guy. He was neutral. And what disturbed him the most was how he saw the the perversion or the twisting of science because they were taking they were doing things that were not good scientific method and they were twisting it around to get the results that they wanted and they were publishing these things and the AMA, the CDC, um, lots of those people did that for a very long time. And uh, one of the other things he was saying is that the, um, the AMA, um, he said, you know, you think that they represent most of the doctors in the country. And he said they're um, because of their, uh, integrating politics and things into what they were doing yeah their membership dropped down to, to where they represent less than 20 percent of the physicians in the country yeah and um you know and again it, part of it is because of that kind of stuff but his his big issue was how how they twisted the science and how they were damaging science and research to support their um you know their uh conclusions i guess and so and just recently i think it was in this budget they actually uh going into 2020 they uh I forget, $20 million or something like that for the CDC to study gun violence. And for, I don't know, last decade or so, um, Republicans have been criticized for not, you know, for defunding the CDC's research on gun violence. But this is why. Well, that's exactly why. And he he mentions that. And um, this author and three or four other doctors actually testified before Congress, and they were instrumental in getting Congress to to stop that funding because they were pointing out that, this is not, you know, this is not pure science. These guys are not researching stuff and trying to find answers. They are actually doing the science to come up with the conclusions they already had. Yeah, it's, you know, the uh, it, it drives me nuts when they when they do this, uh, you know, pseudoscience stuff and try to use it to advance political agendas. They they do it with the uh, like uh, when, when well, they're the look, climate change is the other big area. Climate change, but you know, they always they, they look for the cause of poverty. You know, like like poverty is caused by something. No, no, no. Prosperity is caused by something. Yeah. You know, poverty is our natural state. We're oh. we're born, you know, naked Broke. without a yeah. dollar. You know, <laughs> but uh, that's really interesting. I didn't know. I got to tell you, I think you can't be a Second Amendment activist uh, out there. You can't really say that you're a, a Second Amendment guy without reading the Founders' Second Amendment by Stephen uh, Halbrook. H A L B R O O K. Stephen Halbrook, the Founders' Second Amendment. You know, uh, it's been on both sides have there have been a lot of statements as far as why the Second Amendment was written. You know, what, what's the purpose and what does it mean? But this book, better than any other book, uh, gives context of exactly what was written, why it was written, what the meaning was supposed to be originally. There's your homework. To go get your neck, your first free book. Got it. Yeah, he oh, he's he, and he's wonderful. And he, I, I forget, he's won awards for his. I mean, it really is an outstanding book. But it, it's kind of the, um, uh, you know, the definitive uh, history of the Second Amendment in that one book. And you'll learn. Hey, look, they just got out of a war. 
You know, they didn't they weren't worried about uh, nobody was worried about uh, banning uh, hunting rifles. Mm -hmm. That wasn't it didn't even it wasn't even part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. The concern was, you know, hey, what if we need to put together, uh, uh, you know, an army and we need to ward off an invader um, or, uh, you know, or if something, you know, like what just happened happens again, which which is a central government gets to be too powerful and starts mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, step on natural rights. What do we do? You know, we have to have people who are, you know, people that are by day, doctors, lawyers and farmers and shop owners, that sort of thing. By day, that's what they do. Um, but then they can show up with a firearm. That would actually work, you know, in a wartime scenario with training, with ammo, and uh, become a, uh, uh, you know, a, a fighting force. That was the purpose. Yeah, and that, and um, you know, in this book that Faria wrote, he goes through that kind of stuff too, and he references several of the big court cases that have happened, um, you know, over the last uh, probably fifty or sixty years, where yeah. they reaffirm that kind of stuff. And for some reason today, it seems like we've gotten away from the meaning of the constitution, at least with the second amendment and some of the other amendments are under attack as well nowadays. But I mean, the second amendment is very clear. And, you know, when they were talking about that, they were talking about just what you said, the individual's right to keep and bear arms because they had just gone through that. Right. And, um, you know, in the, I think they passed, it was a 10 amendments at the time the second amendment was passed. Yep. I think they did them all together. Yep. And all the other nine talk about individual rights of people so the, the argument that the Second Amendment is somehow a collective right and it's not talking about individual gun rights is just is just silly. I, you have to really stretch to uh, kind of get that meaning. There's out no basis. One of the big court cases was Miller back in the 30s. 38, 1938. Now he mentions that one. So they uh, the, the that's why you can't have a that's why you can't uh, own a short barreled shotgun. They said, hey, a short barreled shotgun has no military use, therefore it's not protected by the Second Amendment. Mm. Well, okay, <laughs> that, that it's pretty clear. You can kind of turn that around and go, well, you know what? An AR-15 absolutely has a military use. An AK-4 47 absolutely has a military use yeah. therefore you can't ban it but that's exactly what they're doing well, today wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they were putting the constitution together yeah well i, I would mean, i would have loved to be a delegate i'm intelligent <laughs> i mean we, don't you gotta give yeah. these guys credit for being as smart as they are yeah truly considering how they could see this far into the future and and be able to to try to thwart you know, the type of insanity that we're dealing with. Of course, these idiots don't even pay attention to that. Well, and I think what we're experiencing now is probably very similar to what they experienced that led probably, them to the war. That's, probably. You know, so, yeah, they were very smart, well, but they just gone through it. It's funny you said that because, you know, the wife and I, we somehow we got on the conversation of, can you name all the presidents? <laughs> no. Not in order. So <laughs> Not even in order. So I blasted it out, and there's people there I've never even heard of, you know, and then. Garfield. Well, there's one, but yeah. the only one I know is uh, Herbert Hoover, yeah, because he's born on my birthday. <laughs> so that's the only one I know. But it's interesting how they're they're Democrat, Republican, uh, and the interesting one for George Washington for affiliation, none. 
Huh? Because he's the first president. There yeah. was no Republican Democrat or there was till till uh, there really was it didn't uh, hit until about three or four. Well, in, it I was think. it was they had different parties, but the first Republican uh, president was uh, Lincoln. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you need to take a CCW class in San Diego? Want an Arizona, Florida, or multi-state CCW? Well, visit CCWUSA.com. They offer small class sizes, expert instructions to fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes, and one Friday class. That's Saturday, January 11th. Friday, January the 17th, and Saturday the 25th, all starting at 8 a.m. Private lessons are also available. Great dates and times to meet your busy schedule. Check their website for details and how to apply for your San Diego or multi-state CCW at ccwusa.com, ccwusa.com. Hey, have you been to AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon lately? Oh, they've got the widest selection of guns in san diego county with over 600 unique guns in stock including hundreds of used guns go see their full service experienced gunsmith they can do everything from mild repairs to full custom a uh, firearms ao sword firearm store located at 929 east main street in el Cajon. go to their website at aosword.com or you can call them at 619-749-4867 you can build, buy, or repair. That's A.O. Sword Firearms. That's your go-to place for all things firearms. AOSword.com, 619-749-4867. With that being said, we have our expert on the line, David Chong. How you doing, buddy? Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you, too. Good stuff. Uh, my uh, my uh, now 13-year-old son's birthday was yesterday, <clears throat> and... Uh, he is now the proud owner, or owner through daddy anyway, because of California laws, of a Beretta A300 field shotgun. Oh, wow. Nice. So I made a promise to him that every other every other week, uh, son and father are going to go uh, bust some clays together. That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, we had good fun doing that. Um, you, you folks had talked earlier about... Uh, you know, this incident at the uh, West Freeway Church of Christ uh, over in White Settlement. And uh, it got me thinking, uh, one thing that, uh, so even some really good pistoleros that uh, are friends of mine or that show up in my classes, uh, excellent marksmen or, or target shooters, but they have not really gone through the mental exercises of uh shooting under pressure or duress, uh, and even those that do uh, have not had maybe even the opportunity to practice their draw skills, uh, their, their draw point and press skills. Um, and uh, what we train our uh, um, 
handgun students and our CCW students to do is uh, grab one of those laser light cartridges. Um, the name brand's important. Uh, I've, I've tried several other uh, brands from Amazon from China because they're one quarter the price. Um, <laughs> Which one's the best? Unfortunately. Laser light with a Y, uh, L-Y-T-E. Uh, we, we carry them in the store. Uh, we, we buy them in bulk, and so they're about, uh, I think they're about $74 in our shop. Uh, you can get them on Amazon for about $90. Um, but they're, they're the ones that uh, actually shoot where your sights are aiming, and uh, you get about, oh, between 1,500 and 2,500 presses uh, per uh, set of batteries. So what does it do? Uh, so so, t- t- like, what exactly does it do? Really interesting. So uh, obviously, uh, completely safe training environment. This is a dry fire environment. So disclaimer, all ammunition out of the gun and out of the room completely. You pick a uh, uh, uninterrupted uh, private space where you can uh, uh, do dry fire presses uh, safely and without uh, distraction. So you clear your gun, and then you actually drop this laser cartridge into your barrel in the breech, right where a, a regular round would go. And now, every time you cock the hammer or rack the slide uh, and press the trigger, a momentary, like one-tenth, one-twentieth of a second laser beam emits, just for a flash, exactly where you were aiming. Hmm. So it's wonderful for doing draw practice. You, you, you uh, cock the gun, render it safe, or whatever your normal carry uh, mode is. Um, and then uh, something that I uh, tell my folks to do is turn the TV on and say every every time the scene changes, you're going to draw and engage the, the next uh, car you see or the next uh, person you see on TV. Um, and you do it randomly, or you can choose only only people wearing red, or or whatever it might be. Uh, any kind of random trigger will work, and uh, you draw, and and wherever you're pr- uh, pointing at the moment you press the trigger, and it breaks, the 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 firing pin actually hits the back end of this uh, laser cartridge, and you get a momentary dot showing where you would have hit. Uh, training's great also because <laughs> if instead of seeing a dot, you're seeing a line, that means you are anticipating and you're getting some nosedive where you're not holding the gun steady when you press the trigger. I think Joe's going to uh, be at your shop tomorrow at 10 a.m. Oh, I like that. W- one more time, David. What was that called? <laughs> it's a laser light training cartridge. Uh, laser L-Y-T-E. Um, and like I said, they, they, be aware uh, beware of uh, imposters. Of the Chinese knockoffs. Yeah, they they just uh, the the O rings don't hold it in a in a central position or uh, or the lasers are because I've tried them. I, I wanted to. Hey man, I want to pay twenty bucks for these things, but they uh, they just don't hold up. Either they the lasers go out after a very short time, or they burn batteries even when they're not being used, uh, or the little caps go off. Whatever, a lot of problems, but. The, the laser light cartridge is a really good one. They, they, there's plenty more you can spend. They have um, electronic targets. They actually have computer software where you can shoot a, a monitor or a projector, uh, and it'll score you. Um, I don't think you need to really do all of that in order to get 
the the core benefit of the laser cartridge. Just drawing and pressing against a blank wall even will help you see whether you're holding steady when you press that trigger, or where you're tr- whether you're tracing a line, and that means you're getting a lot of movement in your in your pistol when you press the trigger. So, is there like some other kind of hardware? Or does it, in addition to the the basics, you can get some other kind of hardware, or, do you, or will it work with like a laptop, or or what is that screen? Uh, or, or it so sells that's all that's all software driven. Uh, yes, there, so there are, um, like for example, just so the we like them so much that uh, with my sons, uh, they have little rattle cans. So they're they're little soda pop cans. And they've got the laser sensors in them. Oh. So when they shoot the when they shoot the cans, and they're like fifty bucks each, um, they actually rattle and roll around. Um, and so they have fun with that. There's even scoreboards that will uh, um, they'll light up uh, so that they stay stagnant. And then you put them on a random timer, and the target will light up. You got to hit it within a I think a two second window. And if you do, it'll go ping. Otherwise, uh, you'll miss the target. And uh, so that's a that's a fun game training game to play as well, but uh, like I said, you really don't need all of that hardware to get right. the, the the core benefit of the, the, of the training cartridge. And you and have those in your shop, AO Sword and El Cajon for under eighty bucks, right? Is that that's correct? That's correct. That's about twenty percent off of what you find them online, which is I'm I'm happy to be able to do that. Usually, we're competing to match online pricing. Uh, we get them uh, factory direct, and so we're we're able to sell them cheaper. Wow. How'd you find that? Um, I was, uh, I was looking for opportunities to see, here's the problem. I, I was looking for opportunities to help people train with their draw because most of the, uh, public gun ranges that people will go to, to practice their, yeah. uh, accuracy, Can't they don't run. allow uh, live fire from the draw. Right. Uh, so how am I going to replicate that in some meaningful fashion and show people where they're actually hitting in hopefully less than two second draw. And as we saw in white settlement, uh, two seconds, it makes all the difference between, uh, uh, the bad guy going down or maybe some, uh, innocent people uh, getting shot. Well, that's a fact, you know, I, I think all of us here have trained a first time shooter. And I think that every one of us, could take a first time shooter and, you know, after about an hour of instruction, they could, uh, you know, shoot a three by five card at, at, at 20 feet, you know, uh, multiple times. Yeah. But, but that's not the point. The point is this guy, one of the reasons this guy, it, it, one of the reasons it was so amazing was how calm and, and collected this guy was, how prepared he was to do what he was doing. It looked scripted. He really just, you know, how controlled he was. He nerves of steel, which is just amazing. Yeah, and part of that, and that is because is, he did write that script with training. Right, that's right. And exactly. that and the mindset that he developed when he was doing that, he thought about that ahead of time. So and nobody else, and and you know, Dave, nobody else jumped in. It's like they all knew exactly what needed to be done within six seconds. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this product does. Do you have to get a specific caliber, or how does that work? Yeah, it's my caliber. Uh, 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 there's nine, three eighty, forty, forty-five. Uh, that's, that's what I carry. Um, the forty will also fit ten millimeter. The three eighty will fit in nine millimeter. Uh, so a lot of people choose that one just because it'll do two different calibers. Um, uh, the three eighty will uh, fit in a nine, but a nine won't fit in a three eighty. 
That is correct. So I think yeah. I should probably get a 380. Then my wife can use it, and I can use it in my, my nine. You can, yes, she can sir. use it in her 42. Isn't your birthday coming up? It is coming up. It's a month from now. Thanks, Dave. Hey, I'm here to help. You but, hear that, Lauren? But don't worry. I will be accepting presents through May. So <laughs> I thought through the end of the year. Don't panic. Well, I thought you're accepting. For you, I'll make an exception. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fun. Hey, something I wanted to uh, put in your ear for next week. You let me know what you want me to look at at SHOT Show. That's coming up in uh, uh, what, now, two weeks, right? Two and a half weeks. We're going to do range day out there with the manufacturers, and then we'll be there for three days. I will be happy to report back to you with uh, what I've seen, but you got to give me a little lead and tell me what, what new products you want to see. Well, oh, no, 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 no. That's your job. We'll, <laughs> oh. give, we'll give you more than one 15-minute segment. We'll give you a minimum of a half hour. When is because I mean Lance won't yeah. be back, will he? Yeah, we'll give him. We'll have him. We'll give Lance be back. There's going to be a lot to matter. talk about it. <laughs> acres, no, we'll give acres you, of guns. Yeah. And and this is a golden opportunity for you. Don't hesitate. Talk to these people. Say hey, you know, hook me up. I'll get you on the only gun show in California. Yada yada yada. Well, here's the most obvious. I think the most obvious is a Hellcat, right? Is that what everybody's Absolutely. everybody's I'm, been I'm talking very about? In it. That Hellcat that that we can't get yet. Yeah, I yeah. can get one. 800 and 707 horsepower or an automatic <laughs> yeah. or a manual oh you, you, you're not talking you're about a car. my language wait a minute you, did you say you can still get a manual no i know i know i know no i, I dream i dream a lot yeah worlds yeah. are colliding yeah david always a joy and i'm dead serious we will give you as much airtime as you think you can pull together and fill uh because i think you know we'd all like to go to the shot show but unfortunately we can't make it but i'm glad to see you're going Absolutely. I will bring back lots of reports. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Don't forget to stop by A.O. Sword. Check him out. He's got lots of guns. Right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, do you need to take a CCW class for your San Diego CCW? Do you want Arizona, Florida, or other multi-state CCW? Well, visit CCWUSA.com. That CCWUSA offers small class sizes, expert instruction to fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month. Two weekend classes, one Friday class. That's Saturday, January 11th, Friday the 17th, Saturday the 29th, 25th. All starting at 8 a.m. Private lessons are available too. Great dates and times to meet your busy schedule. Check their website for details on how to apply for your San Diego or other multi-state CCWs. That's ccwusa.com. And... Let's talk about Cali Key. California's assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Go to CaliKey.com. Self-defense and emergencies can help. Can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice systems may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24/7, 365 days a year. Bad guys don't take days off, so go to LawShields.com. And last but not least, if you're looking to buy or refi, you need to check out a mortgage guy that'll take care of you like family. That's Chris Wiley. 
at Prime Mortgage Go. For 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primerez.com backslash alpine. All right, Sam, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, your your uncle's going after you, man. That's right. Taking you down, son. Be prepared. Here it comes. Were you listening? got a hard one tonight. got a hard one. Are you listening to the show? Uh, I wasn't listening earlier. No, should I have been? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> like a dummy, he was asking the question and answering it. Just about. I gave you some big hints yeah. that you could have researched. All right, oh, so crap. first, okay, so we're going to do our segment, Stump My Nephew, where I ask my nephew, Sam, who's 20 years old, uh, a trivia question that's been brought to us by a listener, and uh, we try to stump my nephew. If we use your question, you get a shirt. If you stump my nephew, you get a shirt and a hat. So, I have a couple questions here for you. First, are you familiar with a with a Patterson by Colt? Are you familiar with that revolver? Not really. I mean, I've I've heard of it, but I'm I'm not really too familiar with it, no. So, Michael Desperate, I believe is how you say this. D E S P A R A T E. Des- Desperate. Let's call it Desperate. From San Bernardino, actually wrote a book on the Patterson Colt. And his question from San Bernardino, Michael wants to know, uh, who was the first group to use a Patterson Colt as their issue firearm? Uh, that's yeah. a hard one. It's a hard one, right? Um, Keep in mind, this guy wrote a book I, on it. So. <laughs> part of me wants to say the Texas Rangers, but that, that would be the Walker pattern revolver, which I think might have been a subset of the Patterson, but I'm... That, that's my only guess. I, I really have no idea about this stuff. <laughs> that's unbelievable. It was the Texas Rangers. That's exactly who it was. <laughs> the best part is that you showed your work. All right. You know what? Because you got that unbelievably good job, and I'm uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm sending you that book. By the way, um, unbelievably good job. I have a second question from. Uh, he's a member and a listener. Um, his name is Joe from uh, Lakeside. Joe wants to know <laughs> which is bigger, which is more powerful round, a three fifty seven Magnum or a three fifty seven Sig? Ah, uh, Lakeside, the um, Alexandria of the Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, which is which is more powerful, a three fifty seven Magnum or a three fifty seven Sig? Now, I know we're short on time, so I won't give the whole background. But the development of both cartridges is actually pretty interesting. Give a little background. We're not short on time. You've got a couple minutes. Go for it. All right. So the the 357 Magnum was developed by, um, I believe Elmer Keith did a lot of work on it, but I'm not positive about that. Um, the idea was it would be basically a super duper hot 38 special, and they extended the case a little bit so that you wouldn't accidentally load it into a normal 38 special revolver. Uh, the 357 Sig was developed from the 10 millimeter auto. Um, they basically just next down the case to accept a um, roughly 357 caliber bullet, uh, a 9 millimeter bullet. So the idea was you would have a handgun the same size as a 40 that w- uh, with the same capacity as a 40 that would give you a lot more punch. It would give you a lot higher velocities. And so the, the, they called it 357 SIG because it was designed to basically replicate the performance of a 357 Magnum from a semi-automatic pistol for you know police and whatnot. 
So the two cartridges are actually close enough in power that it can vary depending on who's making the ammunition and what bullet weight they're loading it with, which one is more powerful. So yeah, that was uh, I, I was just I was telling Michael earlier. I just uh, I just read an article about those two things, and they were talking about the development. And um, he said, "Oh, oh good, we got another question for uh, for Sam." But um, I, you mentioned this is Joe from Lakeside, by the way. Yes, uh, Joe from Lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had mentioned earlier they were developing that um, as as something to move up from the thirty eight special, and wasn't it that was related to uh, a bad um, wartime experience, wasn't it, in the Philippines where uh, there was a, um, a hey, yes this uh, this is. A- also, the story that eventually led to the development of the, the 45 ACP and the adoption of the Colt 1911 in the, um, in the Philippines in 1898 or so, the American GIs were having a lot of trouble with their service revolvers. They were using 38 revolvers, and they were facing off against Moro tribesmen who had nowhere near the level of technological development as the Americans. They didn't have the kind of weaponry we had. But they would take narcotics so that they were literally unable to feel pain. And so 38 revolvers weren't getting one-shot stops on these guys. And the Army decided, okay, we need something a lot bigger, a lot beefier, something that could kill a horse. So the development sort of diverged. Um, Some people decided, okay, we need to soup up the revolver cartridge, just uh, make super-duper spicy 38 loads. And another group of people said, we need to launch a really heavy bullet. Interesting. There you go. So there you go. It looks like I owe you a shirt and a hat, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Or I can show you a shirt, no hat, right? Because you didn't stump him. You're not going to stump him. What are you kidding? Excellent job, Sam. Yeah, so Sam, how's it going back there? It's, um, well, it's going well so far. Uh, Our newly elected legislators are getting into session on January 20th. And there's set to be a rally on the uh, state capitol in Richmond. Are you going? Yeah. Are you? Good. Okay, so you're going to report back? Yeah. If I mean, if my schedule works out, then then I'll, I'll try to go. All right. That's yeah. awesome. Take some notes. You did a great job last time yeah, when you, you went really to did. the rally in D.C. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm a lot more worried about this. This stuff hits closer to home because if they pass – these uh, these bills they're sitting on and they have on the docket for 2020, uh-huh. Virginia is going to be in the exact same boat as California. Oh, no. Yeah. Welcome. It can happen here, and it very well might happen here in less than a month. God. Yeah. crazy. Well, there's no – I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming with Virginia, and that's no. unfortunate, but it just goes back to what I'm saying. You know, we have these people fleeing California, and we have people on – you know, in 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 uh, Second Amendment friendly states that are making fun of California, you know, it's time to stop running. It's time to stop crying and looking for a safe space and making snide little remarks. It's time time to start writing checks to organizations. It's time to start getting involved. It's time to start doing real activism. And there's just no better example than Virginia. And you know, the whole idea that uh, a an armed militia is going to form and and uh, that's what's going to be the the solution to this problem is absolutely ludicrous and delusional what we have to do is get the right people elected we have to fund the people that are filing the lawsuits and we have to uh restore and protect our second amendment rights well and hopefully too the uh the reaction of virginians will be a little bit different than the reaction of uh, californians when these people pass these laws but we'll, we'll have to wait and see 
Well, I hope so. But then again, if I had five dollars for every time I've heard a Virginian say, oh, well, I'll just move out of state or some variation. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> able to afford a lot more guns. There it is. It's happening. Yeah. I, you know, spoiler alert. They're going to do the exact same thing that everybody in California did. That's right. All right, but, buddy. Hey, thank you a million. And I hope you had a have a happy, happy new year. Thanks. You guys, too. Uh, have a good night and be safe out there. All right, buddy. All right, folks. Hey, we really, really want to thank our sponsors, Firearms Legal Protection, San Diego County Gun Owners, CCW USA, U.S. Law Shield, Cali Key, Prima Mortgage, Gatsky Dillon and Balance LLP, the Gun Range San Diego, the A.O. Sword Firearms, Lance Belkey, Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, and our illustrious board op, Brendan, I can find any song, Thomas. So go to gunsportsradio.com for podcasts and up to date, and we'll talk to you next week. Be safe. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.